Welcome to The Connection, a podcast to connect you to the parish of Yate. My name's Howell. And I'm Justin. We are your hosts sharing with you the good news of the parish and to enable you to grow outside of the walls of the church building. So on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Easter. So what's your favourite things about Easter then? Well, um, I think it, it's got to be the change in weather. I know when oh, the Easter's yeah. coming, I know that it's now starting to get better. Uh, and uh, I think we've had a lot of snow in 2018 so far, uh, and I've had enough of that now. So I'm looking, for, looking forward to spring and new beginnings and the vibrancy of the colours of the community yellows and greens that's what i love about easter i, I was going to say that that's not oh, fair oh, oh i'm sorry <laughs> I, have that, that's not fair. <laughs> I have to think of something else now I, I i think i like the weather and i like the way it's getting warmer and, yeah. I, and it's funny when you look back as a kid i can remember like easter being we always used to go out on easter monday yeah and, and i like going out on easter monday and uh doing it's the beginning of the going out for the day things with your kids, yes, isn't it? Yes, It's It's where the weather's warm enough that you can kind of go on day trips and things like that. So it's the first big day trip of the year. That's it, isn't it? It's like coming out of hibernation, isn't it? it? Quite literally. Well, I used to live in Lancashire, and I tell oh, you what, for nothing, wow. that, you know, when you're up there... That's very cold it, it, and very dark. And very, very rainy, yeah. Yes. So you're thinking, hooray, thank God. Yeah, it's all it's all finished now. Winter's over. Hooray. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, so on this episode, we're going to be exploring the story of Easter. I've had my mother up uh, this afternoon. She's come to see us. It's been snowing, but she still turned up, lover, a week after Mother's Day. But she couldn't come last week because, well... Wheels at the beat of Italy and the rugby, didn't they? So, well, well it, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. Well, it, rugby trumps Mother's Day in my dad's book, I think, sometimes. <laughs> a uh, good policy. A good it policy. is a good policy, that is. Uh, but I was thinking about my mum, and uh, it's coming up to Easter now, and next week, or the week after, is uh, Holy Week. Yeah. And Holy Week is the, the high point, really, of the Christian year. And it begins with Palm Sunday, where we remember... Jesus coming into Jerusalem on the donkey and everybody loves him and shouts, Hosanna, Hosanna. Yes. So he walks into, into well, he rides into Jerusalem on this donkey. Everybody goes crazy because he is like the ultimate king and everybody loves him. Yeah, yeah. Right? And what, what you did when I was a kid, we used to kind of reenact that. So uh, when I was an altar boy okay, back in the day, uh, I was there and we'd have this procession where I would follow the priest in um, and there'd be a big pile of people with waving palms and things like that, wow. shouting Hosanna, Hosanna, okay. right? Yeah. And then on Good Friday, we had another service where uh, the priest comes in representing Jesus, and we read the story of Good Friday, and the same people all shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Oh, okay. So right. you actually lived... The experience really, and and I was about eight or something when this was happening, eight or nine, and I said to my mother, I said to her, well, why is it that like one minute we shout in, Rosanna, Rosanna, yeah, the next minute we shout you like kill him, yeah, and my mother turned around and she said, well, that's the way the world is, or no, <laughs> and I thought that's a bit bleak, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> quite matter of fact. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, that's just, and the, the interesting thing about what she said was, yeah. It wasn't, well, that's what happened. She said, 
nor that's the way this, the world is. So it, it, emphasising that that story alone teaches you so many truths about life in modern day life as well. So you, it, it's not just about that single element and what it was like, it's the way it is. Yeah, so one of the best ways to read the Bible is to to see it as what they call archetypal story. Now that's a bit of a big word, but what it means really is we have to assume that even though we are very technologically advanced compared to where they were then. Yeah, of course. Is the core of who we are as human beings yeah. is pretty much the same. Yeah. And if we stop and think about it, you can see the story of Holy Week of yeah. hero one minute, zero the next minute. Yeah. On the pages of the Daily Mail. Yeah, of course. So it's a way of reading the Bible in the here and now, yeah. about today, rather than about sort of stuff that happened a long time ago. It never ceases to amaze me the um, modern day context that can be placed against stories that are very historical. You know, we read them in the context of dusty paths and palm trees and riding donkeys, but like you said, that the lesson from that story can be easily contextualized to today like you said in the paper there's there is somebody that one minute is a hero and the next minute they're quite the different quite yeah the opposite yeah and i think when you stop and think about uh, mm. holy week it it displays the the best and the worst of who we are as human beings yeah and that doesn't never seem to change. That's always very consistent. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that thing, uh, the only lesson from history is that we don't learn from history, I suppose. Yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? But I think uh, when we think about the, the question, you know, the deeper question I was trying to ask my mother, which is like, well, why did they kill Jesus? Mm. Um, every year I wonder about that. And when you actually read the story of Easter, what, mm. you, what really frightens me sometimes is there's no bad guys in it. Okay. But something else my mother said to me as a kid, uh, which sort of freaked me out a bit. She said, oh, I always feel sorry for Judas. Oh, poor Judas. And I'm like, why? He's the bad guy. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. He's, 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 made, he's certainly shown as one, isn't he? Well, yeah. Well, he is and he isn't. Yeah. yeah. Because Judas is the man who um, betrays Jesus and after Palm Sunday, he goes off to the, the priests and he says to the priests, look, you want to kill Jesus, mm. right? You want to get rid of Jesus. I will tell you where he is if you pay me. And they pay him 30 pieces of silver. And then he goes and says, right, I'll come and get you when I know where Jesus is. And after uh, they have a meal together, the Passover meal, which is the Last Supper on the Thursday night, he goes off to the priests and says, right, Jesus now is in the garden of Gethsemane. Come with me. And because they didn't have Facebook in those days, they weren't <laughs> sure what Jesus looked like. There was no status update that he was having a big no, meal. They couldn't sort of go like, oh, he's there, like, you know. <laughs> so he had to have a signal. So his signal was the, the kiss of peace. Okay. So what they used to do was they'd go up and they'd give someone a kiss to say, peace be with you. Yeah. Right? The Jews did that, like, like we do on Sunday in church. Yeah. And... Judas goes up to Jesus and he gives him a kiss and then the police, the temple police come in and arrest him. Okay. Right? Um, and I said to my mother, I said, well, why do you feel sorry for him? Because he's like a traitor. Mm. And she said, yeah, but he didn't understand what was going on. He didn't know who Jesus was. Mm. You only know that because you know the end of the story. That's it, isn't it? We, 
Yes, you've got to remember that when you're reading Judas's story, he only had a slither of what information was available to him at the time. Yeah, and you there's a new what... film out now, uh, Mary Magdalene. My, my missus went to see it uh, the other day. And the take they have on Judas is that what he wanted to do, he wanted Jesus to be the revolutionary, okay. to, to take on the Romans, right? And he thought that Jesus was trying to chicken out, you know, he didn't want to have this revolution. Okay. So he thought, well, if I if he gets arrested, then he'll have to do it. Yeah. So he's trying to force his hand. Okay. So he never really meant for Jesus to die. No. He meant, he meant for Jesus to kind of become the type of God he wanted him to be. Yeah. It, he wanted God, in a funny way, to, to be the problem solver. Yeah. To be the person who would come in and blast all the bad guys, like the Romans, yeah. and get all the good guys, who were the Jews, to be in charge. Yeah. So he's a revolutionary in that sense. Yeah, no, he is. He is. An interesting story, isn't it? Yeah, and you can see that played out, that idea of getting the bad guys so that the good guys can take over. Yeah. You see that in you see that in the office. Yeah. You see that in work. Yeah. You know, the problem with our work is, oh, oh she's a pain, you know, if only she wasn't you, it would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, so no, no, it's right. It's, you see all these sorts of things. So... One thing I do every every Easter, I do this sort of thing all the time, really. It's a, a Jesuit uh, meditation called a imaginative contemplation. That sounds a bit complicated. But yeah, tell us more. Well, what you do is um, you look at a story from the Bible. You can do any story you want, yeah. right? Uh, particularly they do it in Holy Week. And what you do is you imagine yourself into one of the characters in the story, Okay. So, like, what we've been doing now, we've yeah. been imagining that we are Judas. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So you think to yourself, for example, you know, if I was in that story, and if I was Judas, how would I feel? What yeah. would I do? Yeah. Why do I do the things that I do? Mm. And what you can do is you can kind of, say, pick the, the story of Jesus' arrest, where Judas comes in and he kisses him. Yeah. Right, and then the temple guards come in and arrest Jesus, and you can imagine yourself in the position and of each of the people there. So, say Peter, who's Jesus' mate, who's watching it happen. Yeah, you say, well, if I was Peter, how would I feel? Mm. And I know they do it is they imagine it um, as if it's a film, like watching a Jesus film. So you're there, and in your mind's eye, you imagine. You know, the guards, what it's like in the garden, it's night, it's quiet, what sounds do you hear, mm. what smells do you smell, Yeah. you know, uh, who is, what's going on, and you let your mind and your imagination go free a bit, Yeah. and you imagine that, and then you replay the story, so you imagine Judas coming in, and you can't see the guards, No. and you, you imagine him going up, and then you're watching it and then you imagine how you would have felt when the guards turn up and yeah so it, it becomes then rather than something that happened a long time ago mm. it becomes something that's happening in the year and now yeah and you can see how that would benefit you to have a better understanding of the the concept of the of the story and the experience 
maybe of not the person that's written it down, but actually from the person that they're talking about. Yeah, it's a useful exercise. Yeah, and then if you do it that way, yeah. you can see the links with um, our everyday life. Yeah. So it's almost as if uh, you're interpreting what happens in our world yeah. through that particular lens. So, for example, um, with Pilate, mm. uh, Pilate doesn't want to kill Jesus, right? So Jesus is brought before him by the, by the priests, and the priests say to Pilate, well, this man, he's been blaspheming, he's been doing this, he's been doing that. And Pilate doesn't believe any of it. Mm. He just thinks, oh, stupid priests. Yeah. They're just jealous of this guy because he's got a bigger congregation. Why yeah. they just... well, he's got a big following at this stage, isn't he? Yeah. Just remember that we're at a point where if he was on Facebook, he would have a lot of likes. I think a lot of people would be following him at this point. Yeah, and all, all Caiaphas and all the rest would be trolling him. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trolling Jesus. So he was at his height of presence, I think, you know, and, and I think clearly as a bunch of priests, they didn't like that. No, because somebody else is getting all the, mm. getting all the kudos, isn't it? And, and delivering a slightly different message than maybe they felt that was appropriate. Well, I think, I think the, with the priests, I think they're like any elite, really. Mm. They, their attitude is, um, we've done the study, we've thought it through, yes. we know what's best. Yes. What the people need to do is listen to us, right? And then not listen to these this other guy who's come along, he's a carpenter, what on earth does he know? Yeah. We've studied it, we are the experts. People should listen to experts. Yes. Now, does that sound familiar to you? I know, it's interesting, isn't it? That's, that is interesting. Now, thankfully, priests have moved on a lot since those days. Well, hopefully so I'm not like that. <laughs> no, not at, all, not at all. And then Pilate's basically saying, yeah. I've had enough of this guy. Um, I don't, I'm not interested in what he's got to say. Mm. All I want is these silly Jews to go away yeah. and stop having riots and stuff yes. and just leave me alone and be nice and calm because... The emperor's coming to visit me next month, mm. and I want to report to him yep. that everything's been nice and calm. Yeah. So I'm not interested in the details here. No. I just want this lot to shut up and go away. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason Jesus is condemned by him is because he can't be bothered. Yeah, it's an easier option. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just it's a get out, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like, well, I tell you what, then, right? You lot are shouting. Yep. I'll crucify him. You are happy. I don't care, job done, I can go back and do whatever I want to do. And let's be honest, crucifixion is a was a very public affair. It would keep the people happy. It's something <laughs> for them to see, you know? It gives them a bit of a show. Now, obviously, there were a lot of followers of Jesus, and I guess there would have been a lot of very upset people, but I think, like, Pilate, Pilate's policy was to clear the decks, the boss is coming, I need to, I need to make this unease more easy. Uh, and have the peace that he wanted. Um, so you can see why he would have made that decision rather quickly. Yeah, and it's just, but then you see that day by day in the way we act, in yeah. the way that, no, oh, we don't send people to crucifixion. No, not at all. But but we do say, sometimes we think, oh, you know, I know this is wrong, but I just can't be bothered. Mm -hmm. So I can't be bothered to deal with that problem now. Yeah. I'll just do this because it's easier, yeah. and then that's it. Yeah, and, and and there are time and time again when those decisions have been made that it's not the right decision. 
yeah. the outcome is not the right decision. And you reflect thinking, if I'd only spent some more time, some more headspace in that, looking at that problem, reflecting, yeah. looking for support, the outcome would have been very different. And I think if Pilot had done that, I think we might have had a very different story. Well, that's right. Is his pilot isn't this sort of evil, maniacal psychopath. He's he's just an in a sense he's just like a, a bad boss mm. who can't sort of uh, deal with the situation as it is and just wants it to. He wants to get it off his desk, yeah. get that problem away, and then I can carry on doing what I need to do. Yeah, and and that's a very ordinary thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, absolutely. So, something that so that's the frightening thing with Holy Week is when you actually do that imaginative contemplation, you imagine yourself as pilot, yeah, or imagine yourself as one of the Pharisees, you realize that they're not monsters, no. they're not um different to us. The 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 problem the, that sends Jesus to his cross is something that's very sort of ordinary. And very human. Yeah. In its yeah. approach, do you know what I mean? It is very human. <laughs> it's yeah, very, very human to make that decision. It's the thing with um, with Caiaphas, though, is that um, Caiaphas, the head, the chief priest, he says something that, that's always stuck with me. He says, it's better for one man to die for the good of the people. Okay. And his logic is not that he wants Jesus dead because he doesn't like him so much. He's just worried that if there's a riot, lots of people will die. Yeah. So if Jesus dies, then he's actually saving hundreds of people, potentially. Mm. So it's better for one man to die for the good of the people. And that always makes me think of Spock at the end of Star Trek Two. Okay, the, yeah. The good of the many outweighs the good of the few. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's something that we do, all of us get caught up in sometimes. We start playing the numbers game, don't we? Y yes, no, you are right. You know, forgetting the impact and the long-term impact of making that decision. Well, you're forgetting the individual and looking yeah. at the group. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? You know, and in the NHS, they make decisions like that all the time. Don't yeah, they? no, they do. They do. It's a, it's an inherent management strategy that you see every day within the NHS that uh, doesn't have that positive outcome. That I mean, there are many stories where people they miss out because of that policy, and it is a shame. Because it's better for one man to die for the good of the people. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever been witness to allowing someone to die in the interest of the greater good. But in you know the whole postcode lottery, people accessing treatment. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. So it's deeper. So I think what I'd encourage people to do uh, as a practical thing uh, in in Holy Week is to not think about it as just a historical event. Yeah. But to see it as a play, in a sense, that, yeah. that plays out all the time. So if Jesus was born today, would the same thing happen? And the conclusion I've always come to, I think, with that is, well, yeah. Yeah. Except he'd just be trolled on Twitter rather yeah. than uh, <laughs> trolled by the priests, like, you know. So, yeah. um, so I, I'd encourage people to have a crack at that. Mm. And um, I'll we can put up some links for some imaginative contemplations they can listen to.
sort after Easter as well, Justin? You've got a nice holiday planned, haven't you? Or is it a holiday or is it something else? Well, I think it is a holiday. It's certainly packaged as a holiday, but it's a bit of a family pilgrimage. Um, Team Blackett are going to be going off to Spring Harvest up to Skegness. Uh, and we're going to spend a whole week in uh, Butlins at Skegness, uh, taking part in Spring Harvest. That's a, but it's a really good event, apparently. I've never been, but uh, I've only ever heard good things about it. So it's times of worship, times of fun, yeah. times of learning. The, there is so much content. I'm not quite sure if we're going to fit it all in, but we're very excited to see um, the pre-information that's coming towards us and on social media about the content that we can access. There's a massive children's programme that uh, my children will get involved in. Um, they're, they've been part of things like Activate in the past so they should be very used to that kind of context but uh, I think we're looking forward to them growing further and um, and of course me and my wife are looking forward to getting involved in the more grown up side of things uh, yeah. which will be fantastic to our, to our rooms so when the kids have gone to bed we won't have to uh, separate, we can actually watch it live on the telly or even go there in individually but you know it does sound quite exciting, um, we're going to record some audio throughout that week uh, and speak to some other families as well because I think what we'll do in the future, we'll do an episode on what it's like to be a, a family in the church and pilgrimage and things we've learned from it. Yeah, I'm sure um, in that week when I'm off, we'll end up doing a, a mini family pilgrimage. We always yeah. we go to different uh, shrines and different places around and about yeah. uh, as a family. Our house is full of holy water collected from various different places. Fantastic. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. and uh, But I think... One little bit of advice I give you for yeah. these sorts of do's is the top priority is well is to have fun. But the second I've always found most fulfilling thing is talking to other Christians from across Britain. Okay, yeah. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. There's more content to follow, and you can find out more by going to yateparish.org.uk. As a podcast, you can also find us on iTunes and within SoundCloud. And as every week goes by, more podcast platforms will pick up the connection, so you can be the first to listen to the new edition of The Connection. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you in the near future. The way to communicate with us can easily be found on our website, yateparish.org.uk. God bless.